0: If on the one hand, they mean uh, all sin is worthy of eternal punishment, even down to the smallest of sins, then we would agree with that, Um, and that God judges all sin. Uh, The London Baptist Confession says there is no sin so small, but it deserves damnation. And if we remember the fact that it was one act of disobedience Mm -hmm. uh, that got us into this mess uh, as sinners in the first place, You know we often might think of one act of disobedience not a big deal but um it's a very big deal it's it's cosmic treason uh, against god and so if they mean by this all sin is is the same meaning all sin is worthy of eternal damnation it's true but the problem is of course is what we'll talk about Um, there are degrees of sin in scripture it's pretty easily shown and how we work that out is important
1: You are listening to Captivate and Conform, a podcast of Cedar Crest Bible Fellowship Church, where we seek to have conversations that captivate every thought and conform every affection to the beauty and lordship of Jesus Christ. Sin is sin. This saying has crept into the church over the years, and although well-meaning, it has somewhat muddied the waters concerning the doctrine of sin. On one hand, it's true. All sin is heinous in the eyes of a perfect and holy God and deserving of eternal punishment. But is all sin equal in its effects on us and others? In other words, are there degrees to sin? Special guest Pastor Jess Miller out of Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado, joins the show in answer of this question.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you are listening to us. We at Captivate and Conform are so glad that you do. I am Chris Von Holt. And I am joined by our regular contributor, Jason Hoy. Hello, everybody. And we are also joined by a very special guest this morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, Lauren Skinker, our other co-host, he is actually here, but uh, he is under the weather and his voice is not with him. So he is just uh, producing, if you will. And so we had asked uh, a, a good friend of mine who was a mentor uh, at the last church that I attended when I interned in um, Colorado at Calvary Bible Church, we asked the lead pastor to join our conversation today, Jess Miller. So Jess, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. Uh, I think... But Chris, I do see on this outline you gave me, I see banter with a few question marks. Are we supposed to banter right now? <laughs>
2: i I think we are but but I think typically you know at least on on our podcast we we don't share the script with uh the audience but maybe on your oh COVID okay Calvary awesome. cast yeah. oh, you've about- already
0: you've I've already blown this and you've already regretted asking me on I, I can see it already
2: <laughs> I think Jess
3: ought to share with us his experience with out there in Colorado oh, you gotta have yeah. some stories oh
2: boy.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, He made me sign some kind of agreement that a lawyer drafted that I wouldn't share that with anybody else. So some of the stories I have, I have to keep to myself.
3: Sounds good. Offline, maybe after the show?
0: No, but in all seriousness, I did recommend him for the position he's in now. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think he was very gifted, very gifted young man, helpful to our church while he was here. And I knew the Lord had in place for him pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. very was very confident in
3: that. He speaks very highly of you, brother. So anybody he speaks very highly of, I can pretty much bank on the fact that you're a solid brother. So appreciate that well, the time you've invested into him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, now that I'm blushing, uh, thank you both. And uh, Jess, I am glad <clears throat> that you're on the show today. And uh, we, we didn't ask Jess to come on the show again, uh, because he's particularly passionate about this topic. Like he's just can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. But I said, you know, I would just love to have Jess come on our our show. And and we thought Lauren was not gonna be available. Um, and it turned out even in his sickness that that he's not. So uh today we're gonna talk about something that uh, you know. I've heard ever since I was growing up in the church, I still hear even sometimes at our church and other Christians, and it's this, that uh, all sin is sin in the eyes of God, and it's all therefore the same, right? That uh, you know, murdering and stealing a loaf of bread in God's eyes equal, there's no distinction in God's eyes, and texts like James 2.10 are used which say, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. So it doesn't matter whether you steal a loaf of bread or murder somebody or commit adultery. It, it doesn't really matter. So I just wanted to maybe, again, throw a, throw a a a softball to you guys. Brothers, do you think this verse settles it? Yeah, that's a good
3: question. Yeah, I'm not sure it's just this verse. I'm thinking about the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe, Brother Jess, you've preached through the Sermon on the Mount. So
0: I am, yeah,
3: yeah. He just talks about things like murder. But if you have anger in your heart or you commit adultery, but if you lust, you look mm-hmm. at a woman lustfully. And so, you know, I think people read texts like that, and they just kind of conclude that sin is sin, all sin is the same. And, and, and there's some things that we have to flesh out here and define for our folks, like the difference between inherited guilt and mm-hmm. sin that, that, you know, leads to justification <clears throat> versus, uh, sharpening our theological understanding about the the degrees of sin that the Bible does point out. So I think we do need to touch on this subject, help our people understand.
2: So in one sense, it's a, it's a yes and no, not really. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah.
3: Would you agree, brother?
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. I think it's not as simple as just yes or no. If on the one hand they mean uh, all sin is worthy of eternal punishment, even down to the smallest of sins, then we would agree with that. Um, And that God judges all sin. Uh, The London Baptist Confession says there is no sin so small, but it deserves damnation. And if we remember the fact that it was one act of disobedience Mm -hmm. uh, that got us into this mess uh, as sinners in the first place, you know, we often might think of one act of disobedience, not a big deal. But um, it's a very big deal. It's, it's cosmic treason uh, against God. And so if they mean by this, all sin is, is the same, meaning all sin is worthy of eternal damnation, it's true. But the problem is, of course, is what we'll talk about. Um, there are degrees of sin in Scripture. It's pretty easily shown. And how we work that out is important. How mm-hmm. we flesh that out is important.
2: So it's fair to say for our listeners that we can affirm that all sin, as you brothers have already said, is is of eternal offense to God and deserving of divine wrath. That there's nobody uh, that is outside the wrath of God. But but even you know, uh, going back to what you brought up, Jason, original sin that that everybody is conceived. In sin, huh. Psalm 51. Correct. Yep. And uh, underneath the judgment of Adam's sin, because it's been imputed to them, uh, you know, credited to them, Romans 5. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then on top of that, any act of sin that we commit is of equal value in damning us as well.
3: For sure. Yeah. And you brought up what we have committed Adam and Eve committed one sin. They were not supposed to eat of the tree and ate right. of the tree and they were condemned for it. Same, Same with the angels. We read that about the angels, first time they ever sinned. The Lord condemned them right away. Yeah. So I know a lot of people use that language. What is it? At the foot of the cross. And yeah. I think that's kind of the understanding that people have.
2: It's it's, it's, it's an evil play. It's an even playing mm-hmm. field or it's all even. Yeah. But, you know, I, I needed a savior just as much as Adolf Hitler. Correct. But if I violated God's law. Uh, as far as in, in the particulars the mm-hmm. same as somebody like that I, I think that that's a different question so I mean jess you kind of brought this up about co- cosmic treason i i give the analogy of uh it's about who we've sinned against not what we've done and i talk about you know if somebody were to brutally beat an animal and i usually ask the question unless it's some kind of animal activist i, I get the same response you know should that person go to prison for life oh no of course not Said, so, well, what if they commit the exact same act against a child or, or or an infant? Oh, well, yeah, they should get they should go to prison for life or the death penalty. And I say, well, what changed? It was the object of whom the sin was committed right. against. And I think right. that's what you brothers are affirming that any yeah. sin against God is deserving of eternal wrath because He's an eternal, infinitely holy God.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it even what you're doing is you're working that out in what maybe we would term even natural law without thinking about. Um, you know, a way to talk to somebody about this just as you're doing. We're appealing just to a certain uh, common conscience about what is right and wrong and saying this is clearly worse than the other. There's clearly degrees in sins and crimes, and it's how we work it out in our culture, our society, and our church. So uh, it's biblically, we can demonstrate it biblically, that there are degrees of sin, but we can also just appeal to general uh conscience.
2: Well, just the fact that we asked the question, right? Well, a big sin, isn't that the same as a little sin in God's eyes? Well, the fact that we have those categories without being told, I think right. to your point, shows that we all know that yeah, there's difference.
3: difference And to bring up a sermon amount again, I think that's how the Pharisees that's what they lived by and and they built their whole traditional system around that because I'm sure Jesus was poking at something when he said, Oh, you committed adultery, committed murder. And they're patting themselves on the back saying, I never committed murder. I never committed adultery. But then he went after it. Well, let me point out the sin that's in your heart. Mm. And so, again, right. to get back to the ca- cosmic treason aspect of it, it's a holy, infinite God who is perfect in thought, word, and deed. And anything less than that is sinful. Mm. And that's where we come in.
2: So, it's again, is it fair to say, as far as standing before God, guilty, not guilty, all sin is the same; that all sin will render you guilty in your standing. Correct.
3: I would agree with that. That's Romans three. I think that's the argument Paul makes: Jew yes. or Gentile, all of sin, fallen short. There's no one good, no one righteous, and we're all condemned. And we certainly, and that's what the argument he works out: no one's justified right. by works yeah. of the law. Yeah. We all stand right. condemned.
2: So, so it seems to be then that that the that the greater sin, because you know Jesus in John nineteen eleven says to Pilate, he or the one who delivered him over or me over to you has committed the greater sin. Mm. That that the greater sin actually results in consequences. That's what's greater. The consequences right. are greater for certain sins. Right. And, and that's really what we what we mean, right? Right. When we're when we're kind of getting that. Um and Chris when
0: they when I mean get when they are saying people are saying all sins are the same. It could be, too, that they are are hinting at this idea that they see from the Pharisees and Jesus and the interactions there in Jesus' teaching, because uh, the Pharisees, sometimes Christian people, we have a tendency to look around at people around, you know, the world, the lost world. Oh, how terrible these sinners are. Mm. And we're not considering ourselves. In other words, we, we tend to think maybe we're better than them. And, you know, Romans 1 to Romans 2 clears that up quite clearly <laughs> because he starts with the nations general in Romans 2. He says, you're committing the same sins, you who are judging them. And mm. you think you're going to escape the wrath of God. So contextually when it's when it's seeming to diminish certain sins or not others or put all sins on the same playing field, it scripture when it does that, they're trying to affirm that all are sinners and that there is none who are no one's better than someone else by nature, in other words.
2: Right. That's right. And we you can know. certainly affirm that. For, yep. for anyone listening, that Absolutely. that we want to be very clear. <laughs> yeah that we believe that.
3: Yeah, I think so. And then and then getting into that discussion that you brought up about the passage in John. When Jesus was before Pilate, and he mentioned that he who handed me over has committed a greater sin. What's he mean by that? You know, we need to get underneath that and try to understand what he's meaning by that, and talk talk about that as far as degrees. Yeah. So who who is he referencing there? He's referencing the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders who handed him over. Yeah. And so why did they commit a greater sin in handing him over than Pilate, in Putting him on trial and condemning him, so I think we should flesh that out a little bit.
2: Yeah, which I think comes to the idea of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, which we we can kind of jump in, in into that this idea of of different degrees of knowledge, uh, and um, I would say giftedness from the Lord uh, as far as revelation, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the people he's put in your life, etc., kind of raise your level of accountability and culpability and yeah. responsibility
3: yeah so in that example we're talking about the jews as paul would say in romans 9
2: they are the jews they receive the oracles of god my
3: goodness the promises of god they know the prophecies of god from their own people as the messiah and they are the ones who handed the messiah over to a pagan gentile who didn't receive any of those blessings
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. right and jesus said it will be more tolerable hmm on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. <laughs> That's a powerful statement. Yes. And yeah. shows the degree of sin among their rejection of Jesus being so much, you know, greater than what you would think of the debauchery going on in Sodom and Gomorrah.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the fact that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed uh, yes. on this earth. And uh d- didn't didn't Jesus say that if if the works that had been done among you were done among yep. them, they would have repented long ago sack in sackcloth and, and ashes. Right, right, right. And, and so they, they had a greater opportunity before them, a a more, cl- a uh, greater clarity in front of them to see the truth. And they decided to spurn it. And so we yeah. see that, that, that not all sin will receive the same punishment in the life to come, which I think is, right. is, is a crucial point to make. And when you say this too, in revelation at the great white throne, uh, Yes, we always say that people are judged for for rejecting the Messiah, but actually at Revelation, the language is that they were judged according to their deeds.
3: Yeah, yeah. And before you go there, I just wanted to back up your last point about the severity. And mm-hmm. the uh, Jesus uses the language, a lighter punishment or a lighter beating. I just thought of this in Luke 12, when he talks about the servant who knew his master's will, mm. but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the right. one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. So right. I think that re- reiterates your point, right. that the servant who knew the master's will, I mean, we could give the example of Pharisees. They knew the word of God. They had the word of God. They had it right there and they rejected it completely and handed him over. And so they're going to get a more severe beating.
0: No, I think and we actually, Yeah, yeah I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you, well, no, you, I was going to say, uh, just piggybacking on that as we think of this uh idea of being judged right we know we're justified so we know justification doesn't change but yet we will all stand before the judgment seat mm. of Christ and we're to live in light of that judgment uh that there's a day when all the secrets are going to be exposed and the motives and, and these things are going to be brought to light amen i mean if we start saying things like oh you know almost diminishing degrees of sin or what, you know, uh, all sin is the same, that I think will detract from our really uh, striving to live in a way that we can stand in that judgment and uh, uh, be, be living in light of that judgment. Does that make sense mm. what I'm saying? In other yeah. words, I feel yeah. like it diminishes that whole concept
2: you're kind of getting at the, not the judgment for our righteousness before God, right? but, but the, but the judgment of, of what we did as believers before Christ and the rewards that we may or may not receive Um, the yeah. wood and stubble that is, that is yeah. tested by, right. By, right. by, by a fire. Which right.
3: is taught. I mean, it's taught in the gospels. It's taught in Paul's letters. Yeah. I and mean, the Lord yeah. clearly teaches us there's going to be rewards and we're yeah. going to be accountable to yeah. words or deeds. So absolutely.
2: Well, I, again, I, going back to this point about the judgment, I, John chapter five, Jesus says very clearly that uh, those who believed in, to eternal life and those who did not to eternal punishment. So so there is eternal punishment, whether you lived like a saint, but you did not believe or whether you lived like Hitler and you, you did not believe there, there's eternal punishment for both. But then bringing up again, Revelation chapter 20, before the great white throne, it says that another Well, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, didn't matter who they were, whether they were great in in, in their earthly life or very small and and of no consequence in their earthly life. And the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according Mm -hmm. to what they had done. So they're held accountable for their specific deeds. That's correct. Because if we don't hold to this degree of punishment greater punishment for greater sin, then we diminish the sin that people commit in this life and we trivialize justice.
3: Yeah. And I believe the rewards that we would get as believers, I think that's what uh, Brother Miller was pointing out. If if we don't believe that we're going to be held accountable for every word, for every deed, that we're just justified, that's it, period, everybody's going to be in the same position and glory or whatever, what incentive do we have to purify ourselves? as he is holy and pure? Yeah. So- I think this is a very, very good point. It made me think of when you're bringing up degrees of hell, maybe think about the false teachers that I just preached on last Sunday. (laughs) What Jude says about them, utter darkness and blackness is reserved for them.
2: For them, for those specific people, right? Yeah. And then even doesn't Jesus say at one point that you know he kind of zooms in on specific people. And I think of those who uh, lead little ones astray. Yeah, and it'd be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and to be cast into the sea yeah. than for him. And then for Judas, it would have been greater. It, it would be better for him mm-hmm. if he had not yeah. been born. He doesn't say that about all sinners. Right. Um, well, let's let's uh, we've kind of touched on this idea of there's a greater eternal judgment coming. Let's let's talk about consequences in this life. Um, right. My my mind jumps to Romans one. And Jess, you're you're preaching through Romans, and my guess is you went through Romans one eighteen through thirty two a little while ago yet. Right.
0: Right. Yes. A little while ago. A little. While ago. <laughs> it's been as, a great while ago. It seems as, like. a, a, <laughs> as, as we
2: joke with Jason, who's in Matthew seven. Oh, oh, it, so. we'll, we'll, we'll get to 24 in about five years. So, right.
0: Exactly.
2: So, but uh, Jess, can you maybe unpack, cause I've heard you teach on this before um, this idea of, you can see quote more severe sin or rebellion in Romans one. And God's right. wrath being revealed against that in a greater way in this life, right?
0: Because His wrath, the wrath of God, is being revealed. It says from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So there's it's not right there, right? And it's not as though the, what He's not teaching in Romans one that we're seeing fire from the sky rain down on people. the The idea is we see it in the fact that God has given the uh, human beings up to what they want, and it's basically sin and stuff. They don't want God. And so there's the progression that you can see and trace out in any society ultimately. But interestingly, the United States specifically, where there was this knowledge of God as creator, and there was giving uh, glory to him and, and that, and yet they reject that knowledge in their own unrighteousness. So he gives them up and uh, they become idolatrous and and uh, turn against him. But then in verses 26 and 27 is where it talks about specifically the issue of homosexuality, mm-hmm. that you can see that God gave them up to these dishonorable passions and uh, the women exchanged the natural relations, the men did the same, etc. But the whole idea is you can look at a culture and say, wow, that's bad. Uh, they You see sin or what have you. But it can can progress. The the sinfulness of a culture can uh, progress to the point where you're seeing things like homosexuality. And now you've seen it get even worse than it was. Hmm. So the idea of degrees of sin here is uh, sin leads to more sin. God gives over the culture more and more to their own unrighteousness. And you can see that expressed in something like homosexuality. And I know for some that that's very offensive. We lost a family a number of years ago on this issue because what I showed in Romans 1 was he's using homosexuality as an example of a debased culture that's Mm -hmm. been turned over uh, to their own sinfulness because homosexuality, and we could add now transgenderism, is worse okay, or to a greater degree. Uh, of sinfulness, then let then standard sexual immorality between a man and woman, because you're not only violating God's moral law, now you are ex- you are violating God's natural law. So right. there was that progression, and so um, that right there kind of shows us, in my opinion, uh, there are degrees of sin, and of course some people take offense to that because they they hear me saying you know, well, a homosexual is a worse sinner than a, than a heterosexual. And, uh, and they feel that the homosexual community will, you know, think that the church hates them or whatever it is. But we have to be honest and say that is of a worse nature, sin-wise, than of natural immorality, though both are horrible and worthy of eternal damnation.
1: That wraps up part one of our two-part series on the degrees of sin. To hear the full conversation, tune into the show next Wednesday when part two drops. If you've liked what you've been hearing on the show and have benefited from it, be sure to follow us and leave us a review. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can reach out to us at podcast at cedarcrest.church.